built out of old stones, so a tower that's been made out of a ruin, and then knocked over again in some ways, though some people can still see it whole. And what is it that you see from the top of the tower? That's going to be the structuring question for this entire course. What is it that Tolkien thought the Beowulf poet could see from his tower? And then by extension, what did Tolkien think he could see from the own tower that he built with his own works? And finally, what do we see when we climb the tower of Tolkien's works? That's a lot of allegory, so let me bring it down a little more concretely. If you think about that little story, that little allegory, which, by the way, was published in 1936 in a lecture called Beowulf, the Monsters, and the Critics, and if Tolkien had never written The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, he would still be academically famous for that lecture because it changed in one stroke the entire field of Beowulf criticism, which had been going on for 120 years up to that point. And he changed it all. You can even look at scholarship now, and it all goes back to 1936 and when Tolkien changed everything. So let's talk about what he did, because it obviously wasn't just with this allegory. If we apply the allegory of the tower to Tolkien's literary works, the man who built the tower is Tolkien. The tower is the Hobbit, the Lord of the Rings, and the Silmarillion. The old stones are the medieval stories, the motifs, and the ideas that Tolkien used. And the friends who push the tower over are the critics and even sometimes the fans who come along later and don't see what the man is about. From the top of the tower, the man had been able to look out upon the sea. The sea is, it's what we want to see. It's what we want to look out on. It's this transcendent idea. And this is what's going on in Tolkien's work. And I'll explain this as we work through. In this course, we're going to examine Tolkien's work in great detail. And we're going to learn a lot about other things that are related to his work so we can put them all together. Because there's a personal meaning for Tolkien, what he meant inside the text, what the tower might be if it was in The Lord of the Rings. And there's a larger, deeper meaning of the tower and the sea that we will get to. Now, I want to start by saying this isn't a biographical course. This is a course about Tolkien's works and their influences, and obviously his persona shapes everything, but we're not going to go into great detail about his biography. In fact, I'll give you all you need to know about his biography right now before we even outline the rest of the course. Tolkien was born in 1892 in Orange Free State. That's now part of South Africa, but it was its own free state at that point. His father died when he was very young. He was raised with his brother by his mother. Then she died when he was still fairly young of complications of diabetes, and he and his brother were raised by a Catholic priest. Tolkien, as a young man, went to Oxford. He served in World War I, got sick with trench fever and had to be evacuated and almost died. Most of his best friends were killed during World War I, but he survived. He married his childhood sweetheart, and they started a family. He was a professor at Leeds. He came back to Oxford, and he never left. Really, that's all you need to know about the biography, except for the moderately small point that his best friend was C.S. Lewis, the great Christian apologist and writer of Narnia and many other books. And they used to get together in Oxford on Tuesday nights at the Eagle and Child and read poetry and fiction to each other with a group called the Inklings. But really, I don't think you need any more 
biography in terms of personal life, and we don't really know that much either. He was a private person, and his authorized biographies have very carefully kept away from family drama or anything like that, if there even was any. What we do need to know a little bit about is his professional life, and we'll discuss that in more detail in future lectures, but the important point is that Tolkien was one of the greatest philologists of the 20th century. Philologist is, nowadays, there are still philologists, I'm one, but mostly you think of a linguist, a specialist in languages. The difference is philologists study literature rather than spoken language, and philologists study old languages rather than ones that are currently spoken. But there's overlap with linguistics and literary study. Now, in terms of our interpreting the tower and the allegory and the overall meaning of Tolkien's works, I'm going to give one hint at the beginning, and then we'll work around to this through the rest of the course. And that hint is that although the Beowulf poet likely did not live anywhere in England where he could have stood on top of a tower and physically looked west,